Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Colt Molesky, and here in studio with me, is Brennan Scarborough. Brennan, you finally made it to the studio. So glad you made it. Fin- yeah, finally. Um, it's been nice not having. It's nice not having to do this over the phone. Really excited to do this, and a lot of the NBA to talk about today. And I get to see your beautiful face in uh, person. Yeah, right? uh, ditto, man. <laughs> Likewise. Brennan is a broadcaster at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Uh, he's uh, basically an aficionado on all things basketball and football. He also writes for SB Nation, the Conquest Chronicles for their USC Trojans page on SB Nation. So he he knows sports, the ins and outs and everything like that. And we're here to talk a little NBA. We have some questions that uh, listeners brought forward that they wanted some answers to about the Timberwolves. We'll get to that and we'll get to uh, just a quick recap of the Timberwolves-Spurs game again, just going over some things we saw there. We've had a couple days to kind of soak in the results of that Timberwolves game and looking forward to the Jazz and, but first, we wanted to get to what we were seeing around the NBA. And, Brennan, I just want a couple nuggets that you thought were were some highlights from the NBA, some stuff that concerned you about some teams that you thought were going to be good. What did you see over the last couple of days? Well, one thing that I saw is and we were all kind of anticipating the new big three in OKC. We were all very yeah. excited to see how Russell, Paul George, and Carmelo would gel. And they seemed to do pretty well. And I was actually interested in, interested to see as well um, Cantor on the other side of that at New York, he didn't do he didn't do too bad himself. He he got uh, darn near close to a double double, and obviously the debut of Lonzo. Everybody was excited to see it. How well is he gonna do? And I gotta say, Patrick Beverly got the best of him in this one. Oh my goodness! It was, I don't even know if it was close. Like Patrick Beverly, that first shove that Lonzo gave him. First of all, Patrick Beverly is not the guy you want to shove if no. it's your first NBA no, game. No, no. But he shoves him, and then Patrick Beverly is like, "Oh, you want to go now?" And then he comes down the court and just pushes him yep. for yep. just dribbling, and it was great. It was everything I want out of a Patrick Beverly game, especially his debut in uh, L.A. with the Clippers. And uh, for Lonzo, you're not concerned about him only getting three points because he had three points uh, and nine rebounds. It was. Uh, you're not concerned about him having kind of a down night. I mean, it is, it is his first game. You don't want to overreact. Yeah, I, I would say one one good thing that Lonzo, that you can take away from this game from Lonzo, is that, yes, he did only get three points, but he kind of recognized, you know, hey, I'm not so, doing so good in the points column. How else can I help this team? He got four assists and nine rebounds. And from a point guard, nine rebounds is a pretty big deal. Yeah. If you're not Russell Westbrook, nine rebounds is a pretty big deal. <laughs> And Westbrook, who had a triple-double exactly. again last night. Exactly. He starts out the season with a triple-double. Oh, my goodness. And having the other two players. Or... Anyways, but back to Alonzo. <laughs> He's helping the team in other ways, and he is still very beneficial to the team. And 
it's Patrick Beverly. Outside of John Wall, I don't know if there's a more physical defender than Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly might be the most physical guard defender in the NBA right now. Oh, yeah, and that's what I was just about to say, too, is if you're coming into the league in your first challenge with Patrick Beverly, like maybe saying it gets easier is a bad thing to say about the NBA because the level you're playing at, but it, the defense you're going to face is definitely not that that Patrick Beverly is going to give you. And I don't think that if the if the Lakers are playing Cleveland, like he's going to have to face off against LeBron. No. So as far as from point guards, that's the about the best defense you're going to get right now in the NBA. No. And now that he's weathered that storm, he can kind of learn where, from it and learn how to play a little more physical himself and build off of that. Uh, a couple of other things that I was looking at, uh, the Rockets. Really solid performance against the Warriors. And then they play Sacramento, and they win. But it's a really tight game, especially in the third and fourth quarter. Is it just a thing we're going to see from the Rockets that they're going to just play a lot of tight games? And because they have guys like Harden, Eric Gordon's playing really well, and uh, they have Chris Paul on the roster that they're just going to edge out in these close games, and that's just kind of the way they play now? Or is the Sacramento's Kings squad better than we thought they might be? I think it's a little bit of both, but more on the side of, I think the Rockets are still trying to figure out what pieces will play what what role. I think, like, yesterday, um, Chris Paul did not play. So, like, it was the coach's decision he didn't play. Uh, that That's a big part, you know. Your starting point guard's not playing. I would also say that the Sacramento Kings do look a lot better this year than they were at the end of last season. I think we might... I mean, it, it, it's it's all it's 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 early basketball, man. There's there's no other real way to explain it. I think the Rockets will have some games where obviously they'll do blowouts. They have the roster to do that. I don't think it's like oh we're we're gonna see tight games throughout the entire season. They definitely have the skill set and the pieces to get a few blowouts. Obviously with Harden, Gordon, and Paul. But I also think that the Kings are off to a really strong start, and and hopefully they have a pretty good pretty good season down the road you know yeah you're you're right and for those who said oh chris paul didn't do great against the warriors he still got 10 assists in that game mm-hmm. so he's still mm-hmm. helping and facilitating yep. that team yep. even if he's not scoring a bunch of points and for that game too uh De'Aaron fox he's got to start really quick here because he had in 24 minutes he had 14 points four rebounds uh and uh where's the assist going uh, five five assists i'm doing great on air right now uh 14 points four rebounds five assists in 24 minutes he did better than george hill who had 16 points with only three assists three rebounds i would like to see him starting in ahead of hill i think that just defensively he looked better too stuff that you don't see in the stats column i think he played a lot tighter than hill was playing i think his motor was running at a higher level than hills so i think that he's got to start pretty quick but i think you're right overall this sacramento's king's roster is just better than it was last year and that might be an effect too but Again, the Rockets are still figuring things out. Uh, the Thunder seem to have things figured out. Uh, what what else did you see? I, I thought the Warriors, I thought people will probably go into panic mode a little bit too quickly. I think that's just something that people do when the champions don't win their first game is they go into panic mode. But they're just they're going to reel off 65 wins, 70 wins like it's nothing. Yeah. And, and I, I think another big headline that I saw was Giannis scoring 37. And Giannis looks good. And he tore up the Celtics. You you know you know me. He, I'm a big LeBron fan, and hearing this guy might be the next big thing, I'm a little skeptical. But Giannis has the opportunity to 
and being as young and as athletic as he is and long, he's, he's a really long guy to also get blocks and to get assists and to get boards. He can do it all. The outside shooting has looked to have, looked to have improved over the past season, and hopefully it has, but the Bucks can be dangerous, especially if everyone stays healthy, if Brogdon's able to stay healthy. If I don't know if Parker is. Yeah, Parker's, Parker's not even back yet. Like, yeah. They don't even have like all of their best guys. When yeah. Parker comes back, and if he can stay healthy, and I know that's a big if, but if he can stay healthy, Parker and Anacompo and all these guys on this roster, this could be – one of those because you look at the Wizards, you look at the Bucks. These could be two teams that really make a strong push for yeah. those top four spots absolutely. In, the, in the East. Absolutely, absolutely. And Celtics are starting out zero and two. What are your thoughts? First of all, the fact that they only lost to Cleveland by three points. I know that I was talking with the, yesterday David Locke, the host of Locked On Jazz, and uh, I believe it was him who said that they just didn't impress him at all. Either team didn't impress him at all uh, in that game, but. For the Celtics to see their player snap his ankle in half and then come back and only lose by three when you kind of have to throw guys in and Smart's playing a lot more minutes than he thought he was going to play and Tatum's now a main uh, a main scorer on the, on the day for them. I thought that was really impressive. I thought it was really unimpressive that they dropped a game to the Bucs in their home opener. Like, I know the Bucs are good, but... It's a Celtics home over. You have a great yeah. home crowd. Yeah. You've still got a great roster. I still love the roster with Irving, with Jalen Brown, with uh, Al Horford. Yeah. You've got Marcus Morris coming back. Uh, I really love Marcus Smart. You've got a really great roster. Jason Tatum has played really well. So you shouldn't drop that game, even with a, a star like Hayward out, even when you're trying to bounce back from that and kind of move around the roster. That's a game you don't want to drop. No, not at all. And... Especially with Hayward out, you know, and, and and that powerful message that he had before the game, you know. Yeah, like, go out and win it for him, right? Exactly. And and it's not that they weren't trying to, and it wasn't like, you know, they're 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 struggling that much. You know, they don't they don't look bad. Against the Bucks, you know, you had four of the five starters at have double digit points. You know, you had Rozier coming off the bench with fifteen points. They're not looking bad right now. It's it's not like they're getting blown out or anything. I would say this. I think Kyrie Irving does need to do a little bit of a better job stepping up. I think this is not that's not the player that they paid for. That's not the player that Kyrie wanted to be the guy, be the guy. You know what I mean? This is this is what you wanted. You wanted center stage and especially with Hayward out, here you go. This is your opportunity to be the guy, lead the group, you know? Yeah, and in the first game he had 22 points, 10 assists. That's a solid outing uh against the the Cavaliers, but against the Bucks at 17 points, three assists. That's I. I need to see. I need to see Irving score at least 20 a night, and I need to see you facilitate a little better as well. I know you're supposed to be the main guy, and he is. the The system in Boston runs the offense through the point guards. That's the way that Brad Stevens has built the system on the offensive side to work. And out of that, you're supposed to be able to facilitate really well, right? You're supposed to be able, because it's kind of centered around you, to not only be creating shots for yourself but for everybody else. So to have only three assists and 17 points, that's not a great stat line, especially no. when you're bringing in somebody the caliber of Kyrie Irving. Like I, I'm expecting more of you. You said you want to run this team. You said you want to be the guy. Go out and be the guy. And you're, you're absolutely right. He's got to do that. Moving on, I want to hit on the uh, – the Timberwolves game uh, against the Spurs. I want to talk about the Jazz coming up again. But first, I want to get to some of these questions from the listener. 
from the listeners. Uh, I appreciate everybody who reached out. There's only a few questions. I realized that uh, I posted this this morning, and that might not have been enough time for some people to get to it. So next time I do this, I'll give people a little more time. But I thought about this at, I think, 12.30, 1 o'clock last night, so I felt like putting it out then wouldn't get any attention either. So our first question is from Maxwell, and he asks, what's up with T getting benched the first game for Tyus down the stretch? He's going to be... He's got to be upset. Uh, so, first of all, I'm not sure how Teague is feeling. I I assume he, he probably would want to be in crunch time, the guy. But, uh, yeah, Tyus Jones and Jamal Crawford were the guys in crunch time against the Spurs. And my initial reaction was surprised because uh, not only had Teague been playing well, he'd been efficient shooting at 11 points, all of them in the first half. Uh, and so, first of all, what were your thoughts, Brendan, on that? Yeah, as you said, efficient shooting T going three for six from field goal, one for two from three pointers. I mean, he looked fairly good. Six assists, two two rebounds. That's not it's not a bad outing. Even for playing, you know, as little as minutes as he did. I think if you as a coach want to establish right now in the opening season, like yeah, yeah, you can take her with some things, but you kind of do want to establish, hey, who is the starter gonna be? You're bringing in Teague to be that guy. And I think at this point in the game, benching him is only going to add it's only going to add division really because it's like okay well is this my spot is this the the rookie spot and you know maybe uh, may, I could be wrong maybe at this point he gets a little fired up like hey this is my spot I'm taking this but at the same time you don't want it to be like every shot he's taking it's in the back of his mind hey I'm, I might get benched I might get benched for ties you know and I think as of right now, if I were him, I like T going forward. As you said, he he played pretty well for only playing the limited amount of minutes he did. Yeah, like you look at the minutes, Butler, Towns, Wiggins, they all have 35, 35, 30 minutes. T has 25. Uh, Jones has 23. Crawford had 24 minutes on the court. And you're you're right. Like You do want to have that, that little bit of edge where you know you got to perform and show up because there's guys who want to take your spot. But at the same time, T... With great stats, he was shooting 50%, 11 points, like you said, six re- six assists. Uh, if you're going to bench a guy like Taj Gibson shot three for 11 on the day, why is Teague the guy getting benched? Uh, and in the press conference afterwards, Thibodeau was asked about this, and he said that he didn't want to make people – he basically said he didn't want to make people feel like they had the spot earned, and he didn't want people to th- be comfortable in the spot, and he just thought that Jones or – Tyce Jones and Jamal Crawford were earning the the crunch time minutes down the stretch. And I just, I honestly, I know this is a great answer for the listeners, but I I don't really see it. I'm not sure why Teague was benched. I thought he was playing really well. Maybe defensively there was some slip-ups, but defensively there was some slip-ups by every single one of the Timberwolves players. So. Absolutely. Yeah, slip-ups is definitely the answer. When you have Aldridge, who's struggling last year, go off for 25 points. When you have... You know, Murray, Anderson. There was one person on the starting five for the, the Spurs that didn't average over 10, that didn't have over 10 points. And all of them had either 12 or higher. That's that's something that you cannot have happen. Even even Rudy Gay coming off the bench, 14 points. That this These are numbers you can't have happen if you're the Timberwolves. No, and that's... We we knew that defense was going to be an emphasis of change for them. We knew that it wouldn't change right out the gate, but that's something that you definitely, if you're a Thibodeau, you want to point to and say, this is one of the things we got to work on right away, guys. This is one of the things that we got to change right now. So I had two questions from Darius, and he asked first, uh, and I think we got to a little bit, 
First, uh, Gibson shot 11 times and only hit three of them. Uh, he can't be shooting that much. There's got to be other weapons on the on the team that are shooting more, right? I think we can both agree. You want to see other guys shoot the ball more. And I think, too, like the kinds of shots he's taken, he's shot from three. He shot uh, quite a few times. I don't know if I want to see him shooting that much. He was over two from three. I don't know if I want to see him jacking up corner threes, despite what he did in the preseason. I think that's a that's a shot I want to see Towns take. I want to see Wiggins take. I want to see Butler take. Uh, so maybe recognizing your role is a little bit to play there as well. But yeah, I I don't want to see him shoot eleven times and only hit three. Yeah, I, I'm big on that whole. Uh, uh, you know, recognize your role. <clears throat> if I'm Jimmy Butler right now, ending with twelve points, four rebounds, and three assists and a steal, the only thing that Jimmy Butler led the team in was turnovers. And just like Kyrie Irving, you got to re- recognize you're the guy. And having Taj Gibson take one less shot than Jimmy Butler, Jimmy <laughs> Butler, the franchise, like, this is the guy you're kind of putting the franchise on. Like, uh, if not Carl Anthony Towns, it's Jimmy Butler. You know, uh, Andrew Wiggins coming out huge with 26 points. But Butler going forward, you know, as Timberwolves fans, you probably want to see him leading the team, especially in points. Um, maybe not not really much assist. That's what Teague's there for. But you definitely want to see him be an offensive leader on the team. And having Tosh Gibson shoot one less shot than him, I, I, I don't know if I'm happy with that as a, as a Timberwolves fan. There you go, Brandon, with the hot takes. Uh, last question for us today, Brandon. I really like this one, so I saved it for last. Uh, can the Timberwolves be an upper half team in the league shooting threes this year? I would say if everything's clicking, absolutely. You know, we kind of touched on it the way Taj Gibson was shooting in the preseason. Now, again, we're not you, – you wouldn't depend on him. Taj Gibson is not somebody that you should no, depend on no. for shooting threes. But, you know, you got Jimmy Butler. Towns can hit threes. That's huge. You got Teague and Wiggins. There's no one on the starting five who I'm just like, wow, this person sucks at shooting threes. <laughs> you know, they're all, they're all fairly a threat from three-point range. And especially you have someone like Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. Three, uh, he was, well, he was over one from three, but three for five yesterday. He looks really good. Somebody who can definitely hit the three point shot. Tyus Jones on occasion will hit the three point shot. I think they could be in the upper echelon if they actually have everything clicking and everything's going well. I wouldn't be surprised if they're top half three point shooting team. I feel like too that Thibodeau kind of wants certain players to be trying this more. Like, you saw Wiggins take six shots from three. Yeah. Uh, you saw Butler take three shots. I think those are the two of the guys that you want to see a little bit more of an emphasis on three-point yeah. shooting. I don't think what Thibodeau is, is preaching in the locker room isn't offensive stuff. Like, he's preaching defensive stuff, right? This team needs to get better defensively. As he should, yeah. But if he is having Wiggins average five to three or a five to six three-point shots a game, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily either. Because no. even when he wasn't hitting him, he was getting to the free throw line. Exactly. Uh, he was getting fouled on three-point shots. Four nine, that's four nine, great, nine, yeah. too. That's great. So I definitely think that it's going to be a point of emphasis for some players. I think Crawford, somebody I would like to see shoot more than one three in a game. I would like to see him maybe average three or four times where he's shooting threes. Yeah. And yeah. then on the other side, I don't need to see – we talked about this in pre, in the preseason two and in media day, uh, Gorgie Jang saying that he was asked to maybe think about shooting more threes. I don't need to see Gorgie or 
Taj Gibson shoot threes. It was fun in the preseason. No. I don't need to see them shoot threes. I can see Wiggins. I can see Butler. I can see Jamal Crawford. Even, like you are saying, Towns. Those guys can stretch the floor. And when they're knocking down shots, that's going to be enough to space out the floor. You don't need every single player yeah. jacking up a three. Yeah. And I think that's important as well. I agree. And especially with Carl Anthony Towns, the beautiful thing about him is that he dominates so well in the post. He's very athletic. He, you know, we even saw that he grabbed 13 rebounds. Big, big guy in the post. And a lot of the post players would kind of try to cheat down. And when he's wide open on the three-point line, why not take it, you know? And he's a pretty good three-point shooter at the same time. But as you said, Wiggins, if you're hitting four of six, keep taking them, you know? And you're getting to the free throw line. That that would be the only knock on him was that he went four from nine from the free throw line. But, again, it's game one. You can't over overanalyze. I, I think they could definitely be in the top half. But Gibson... Unless you're wide open, unless your man is on the floor and not going to get you. No, I, if you I, ordered a pizza and you're still in the corner wide open, yeah. then you can shoot the three. Exactly. No, I, I don't think he's that bad, but, you know, I, again, don't depend on him. You you have an array of three-point shooters. I would say go to those guys. And so now, uh, tonight, actually, they're playing the Utah Jazz. I had a show with Locked On. Jazz host David Locke, and he's actually the radio voice for the Jazz as well, so he definitely knows what he's talking about when he's talking Jazz basketball and basketball in general. I had him on a show yesterday. Go check that out. That is up on iTunes and everywhere you get your podcasts for Lockdown Wolves. Check that out. But I also wanted to preview this with you, Brennan. When you're looking at the Jazz, they have a top-level defense and they're working on the offense. And this is something that David asked me, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah. Is it easier to go the Utah way, where you have a top-level defense, you're working on the offense, or is it easier to go the Timberwolves way, you have a top-level offense, you're working on the defense? Which one of those teams do you think is going to hit on the inverse side of their talent sooner? I, w- I would say probably the Timberwolves. Thibodeau is a good defensive coach. He knows how to do that. And... Sometimes, like, defensively, like, you could be athletic and be really good at defense but not be so good at offense. There's We've seen a lot of players who are very good at defense, you know, and, and they're locked down, but not, not a strong offensive threat. Like, I would say Patrick Beverly, locked down on defense, one of probably the best guard, like, guard defender in the NBA right now. Not a scary good offensive threat. I would rather have, I think, someone who's good at offense, you know, you can kind of work on – Especially at the NBA level, you know, I think right now you want an offense that's clicking and, you know, figure out defensive things. That's just me. There are some people who would say the the opposite of that of, you know, well, if your defense is set, the other teams are scoring low, low amounts of points, you know, the offense will figure itself out. There, there's been a lot of people who said that. My dad <laughs> says that when, when, the, when he coaches basketball. That's his theory. Defense first, then offense. But... I think right now. So your dad could be a, an assistant coach for the Utah Jazz, basically. Prob- probably, probably. I love if it. he, yeah, I, I'll tell him to send in his resume and application. But as of right now, I think I, I think the Timberwolves hit on it first. I don't know if their defense. I, I don't know which one is more important, but I think the Timberwolves figured it out first before the Utah Jazz. We look at the Timberwolves players too. Uh, with Towns and Wiggins especially, I think those guys just have so much raw talent to translate to both sides of the ball and yeah. to be great two-way players. I find it hard not to believe that at least the defensive side doesn't get a little better, and we know the offense is already there. So I think that 
for a lot of these games, the Wolves are going to look to de- or to the offense to bail them out early, yeah. and then they start relying more heavily on the defense as that as that grows and, and comes to the team later on. Uh, when you're looking at the the Jazz as well, that matchup between Gobert and Towns has to be one of the highlights of this game. Absolutely, the the matchup between Gobert and Towns. You know, you have a very good defensive player in Gobert. Um, and, you know, offensively, he's no slouch either. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds. You know, he's he's not bad, you know, obviously. Like, he's a really good defensive player and probably the best, I would say the best post-defensive player right now. And, you know, Anthony Cat um, coming in as one of the, you know, premier young talents, um, especially at the post position. It's going to be exciting to watch for sure. And even, you know, ESPN's like hyping it up a little bit, but the Ricky Rubio coming back to Minnesota. You know, we've seen the dime passes from him here in Minnesota. Let's see what it looks like against us, right? So yeah. I'm excited. Well, and there's a tendency for Timberwolves players to get traded or go away in free agency and then come back and burn the Timberwolves, especially in that first game back. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But against uh, the Nuggets the other day in the, the Jazz's opener, in their first win, too, they're 1-0. and uh, He had 10 assists, too. He was getting the ball around and – Talking with uh, David, they were he was saying that there were some really nice transition passes too that he wasn't really seeing too much from them. That it looks like he might help their transition offense as well. So that's something to look out for. As as good as Gobert is in defense, he's also a pretty athletic center, and that's something interesting too. When when Towns is going from Lamarcus Aldridge, who's kind of more of a classic center down in the paint, he's going to be the muscle. He's going to want to try and try and beat you up physically now he's going to go bear who's still a great defender but he's he's really athletic too he's got the speed he's got the moves and he might be the guy who who's the surprise burner in transition he gets a couple transition buckets because towns isn't ready for that jump or uh is kind of set and locked in from the Lord marcus aldridge game and now he's got to play somebody who's a little more like him as a center yep and not to so as you were saying before lamarcus aldridge isn't going to beat you with physicality he's going to beat you with you know, roughing you up and then hit a fadeaway or just, just taking in with pure strength. LaMarcus Aldridge is closer to the old school um, down low person that we would see. But Rudy, as you said, Rudy Gobert, he's very athletic. You know, he's very long. He's going to block. He's going to block shots. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, it's someone who, as you were saying, just like him, maybe not as good as, as, an, out, um, as an outside threat, but it'll still be very exciting to see. You know, the two young guys going at it, um, I don't know. It's exciting. We'll see if Carl Anthony Towns can maybe connect. Let's see if it's his deep game is going to work. Let's see if his mid-range game is going to work or if it's a purely an inside battle. So the other thing I'll be looking at for this one, Donovan Mitchell, the rookie out of Louisville, he, had, he started against the Nuggets actually after kind of a day of decision to keep Hood out uh, for limited minutes, he only had 18 minutes. So Donovan Mitchell getting 26 minutes. He had 10 points, one rebound, four assists. He played decently. There were some times where he had a little bit of the deer in the headlights look, which is his first uh, NBA game. He's coming from, <clears throat> excuse me, he's coming from college, the NBA first game, and he didn't expect to to start. Yep. So he's somebody I'm watching now. He he's had a game under his belt. He's had some days to prepare for. The Wolves, how does he react? How does he play? Because I think he's one of the more exciting guys. He looked really good in Summer League. So I'm excited to see how he develops. And I think he's a really good defensive piece, too. I think he's a really solid shooter. Defensive piece, I think he's going to fit in nicely with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, again, this is this is going to be a very fun game. You know, you have a lot of, like, two teams who aren't 
they haven't been in like the top tier of like the Western Conference. But I think as of right, like they could definitely make a splash. You know, Utah Jazz did make the playoffs last year, but I think they could definitely make an impact going forward. And again, just a, it'll be a fun game to watch. This is definitely one I won't miss. Absolutely. So any any predictions? Any score predictions? Who do you think is going to win? Just before we head out here, what do you think a result is? What do you think something you can expect to happen in this game? Man, these are always the toughest because it's like you know you don't want to guess something too outlandish. I'm going to guess that the Timberwolves win 107 to 98. 1798. If I was, if I'm just throwing numbers out there. I know. I, I like it. I like it. That's that's solid. Who do you who do you like for the Timberwolves to really go off? Um, I I like Wiggins. I like Wiggins again, and I like I like Butler. You know, I think that Teague and Rubio, we can definitely see something there. But if we're saying that one is better than the other, I I really like Wiggins. Wiggins has been doing a lot of good things, and especially like the points leaders for the Jazz right now is Rudy Gobert, and. I think they got to figure something out, something else out, you know. And Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson is like older than dirt, and they're still <laughs> relying on him for an offensive threat, you know. I think there's a lot of things that they got to figure out, but I, I really like, I really like the small forwards shooting guard matchup for the Wolves. Awesome, awesome. You heard it here first from Brennan. Uh, I like, I like the Wolves in this one as well. I really like Towns in this matchup. I think that Thibodeau is going to kind of single him out and say. All right, Lamarcus Aldridge. He he did beat you in that one. He he had your number in that one. He he beat you straight up. Now go out and there's another All Star caliber, All Star level, absolutely center in Gobert. Yep. Now you gotta go and take it to him. You gotta don't let him push you around in your house. You gotta go take it to him and win this game first. So I like Towns on the big night. I think that he puts up somewhere around 25, 30 points, honestly, and pretty close. I think he probably has a double double with rebounds too. Uh, I see this game being really tight, though. I see like a 110-106 game between the Jazz and the Timberwolves with a, a Timberwolves win in their home opener. Uh, anything else? Anything you want to plug? Anything you got coming up on Conquest Chronicles? Any articles we should look out for? I, it, it's always exciting. And college, being that this is like the premier like college you know, football season. USC, Notre Dame, big weekend for exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. Really big weekend. Uh, Trojans fighting Irish, a lot of history there. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really fun. Sam Darnold starting to get the things, things clicking, and you know he I, is so. Say what you will about the turnovers, he is very clutch. Yeah, yep, yep. Sam Darnold has been very clutch, and you know last season he's not, he's not as big as we thought he would be this season. And and of course you can't. He's he was a freshman quarterback. You know you can't yeah. hope for too much, but he's still doing really well. For a sophomore, I, I think he's doing absolutely great. The defense is starting to step up a little bit, you know, um, with Uchenna Nuosu out of the linebacker position. I, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited for them. It'll be a great game. So look out for Brennan's stuff on the Conquest Chronicles. Uh, he'll be covering USC Trojans and the big matchup between Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, and the USC Trojans. He'll have the pregame, postgame. There'll be stuff all over that place. So Check him out. Show him some love. Go read his articles. Uh, go check out Zone Coverage. Tim Fagelis had a great article wrapping up as well the the Spurs Timberwolves game and kind of looking forward to the Jazz. So go read that article and look out for more Zone Coverage writing coming out. Go on Zone Coverage for this show for the show with David Locke. 
uh, go out, check it, all that stuff out. There's plenty of stuff to get you amped up for the Utah Jazz versus the Tim- the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Timberwolves home opener. He's Brennan. I'm Colton, and this has been another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.